0: of our summer break we decided what the hell we're gonna have an episode of the book guys show and my name is paul elves sometimes known as paul the book guy <laughs> joined today by our good friend the one and only sir jimmy what's going on sir jimmy
1: oh man i'm just fighting those internet demons you know i think i think my uh, internet pipes maybe shrunk a little bit
0: <laughs> and our good friend we don't have a jingle for him, so. Craig damn low. What's up, buddy? Woo.
1: Keep it on the damn low.
0: Where where are you at
2: today, Craig? I am in uh, Buffalo, New York today. Man, you travel. Right across the
0: water. You travel a lot. You're like an hour away. Why couldn't you (laughs) drive over here? I have room. I have another chair. Be all right.
1: Uh, You know that whole TSA thing. Yeah.
0: Oh, yes, right. Thing. The whole glove. Yeah, I gotcha. And we're joined by our special guest today. Mostly the reason why we decided to have an episode today, because I just finished this great book a long time ago by Gib Van Ert. Check that out. How you doing, Gib?
3: Very well, thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: And uh, Gib, you're in Vancouver? I am. So we understand you didn't drive over to studio. That's okay. That's quite a drive.
3: Well, yeah, your stipend was pretty meager, so... (laughs) Yes.
0: Well, I'd hate to say what kind of stipend it is, but uh, (laughs) if you look up classical uh, works of fiction, you will find out what kind of stipend that we offer here at The Book Guys Show. We're going to start off by what we're reading. And Sir Jimmy, have you read anything in the the last couple weeks that you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, I just finished this up. We'll see if it's going to show up. The Confessions of Al Capone. Um, by Lauren D. Esselman. One of I, I tell you, I enjoyed this this uh, audio book more than just about any book I've I've listened to since uh, I took up Ender's Game and went through that. Uh, well, trilogy as far as I've got, but fantastic book. The way it's narrated, um, there's it has those multitude of voices. You know where there's you know uh, the guy who does Al Capone is great and. Um, I, I, I really can't even tell if it's one guy doing all of them or if there's multiple actors. But if it's one guy, he's doing fantastic. Uh, it's just I, I was listening to another book before this, and they kept going through every second sentence. They were saying Billy said, Donna replied, and and all that. And it just it took the flow of the book away, so much. it was unenjoyable. But this there's so little of that because you get to know the voices and you're just flowing through the story so it's all about this guy who um he's he's working for j edgar hoover and um it's the time of al capone but al capone has just gotten out of alcatraz They i let him out because he was sick and dying and they put this guy undercover as a priest uh because his father used to work with al capone um back in chicago Unbeknownst to his son, maybe or maybe not a little closer with him than he ever thought, but he gets an introduction through his father and and takes down to uh, Miami to the Capone residence, which is on like this barricaded island with guards everywhere and he's just sort of ingratiates himself into the family slowly. there's a lot of people that are you know surrounding out because he's kind of losing his mind at this time because he's got uh, um, syphilis. syphilis yeah and it's destroying his mind so he's he gets close to him and because he's losing his mind and he thinks this guy's a priest you know he just starts opening up to him about this and that and everything and uh... and and the guy who does j edgar hoover I mean he even sounds you know like nice. a short little <laughs> asshole i don't know he just does <laughs> it so good you hate the guy but it, it's 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 a really good book it i just blew right through it Um it was awesome because uh it was on two mp3 cds
0: those so are none great. of that yeah.
1: changing you know 9 10 yeah. 11 12 cds which i hated and uh this was actually sent over by our friends at brilliance audio and uh it's fantastic read i recommend picking it up you know
0: sergey i've been doing this for three four years and i've still not managed to get uh all the publishers to send me mp3 on cd So screw you, man, you've been doing this less than a year and there you are getting these fancy MP3s and I'm still getting them on CD, thanks, there you go. (laughs) It's funny, uh, you're talking about uh, multi-voice audio and Ender's Game, completely unplanned folks, absolutely zero show prep this week, believe me. Uh, And uh, we do have some big news coming up later in the show, Uh, exclusive, we we broke it on Twitter about Ender's Game and a multi-voice audio, it's going to be awesome. Uh, Craig, anything new on your lap?
2: Uh, yeah, I just finished reading. <laughs> guys, that was I a of question,
0: especially with Craig. <laughs> just...
2: I, I didn't touch it. Uh, this one is The Idea Factory, uh, Bell Labs and the Great American Innovation by uh, John Gertner. And uh, it's, you know, it's a really good book. It, I wouldn't give it five stars, but it's close. It's, it's broken down, but... He basically goes from Bell Labs, from the founding of it when uh, Westinghouse and AT&T founded Bell Labs, all the way up through the 80s when the company breaks apart finally. And uh, the 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 beginning of the book is great. Uh, he's got a great storyline going. It reads really quick, and then he kind of gets to the halfway point in the book, and then it's all like, oh, this happened over here, this happened over here, this happened over here, and I mean, the world by then. The uh, world got smaller, so it, it you kind of had to. I think he had to write it that way. But it you know it's really interesting all the work that they did at Bell Labs and the innovations they did. And what's funny is the the cycle that so one of the big things he talks about in this book is when they build new buildings, they would purposely put all the offices far away from the food, have very narrow hallways, really long hallways, so that people would run into each other and right. talk. And now you see Google Plex and the Apple Spaceship both doing the exact same things.
0: It's like I watch a show called Bar Rescue, and uh, he always reconfigures bars. The funny thing is sometimes all he does is change, like, the shape of a table from uh, rectangular to oval, which kind of forces people into a small spot where they have to interact. So that's kind of what they're trying to do there, right? They're trying to get people to chat, like, uh, off work hours or in between as they're going from, like, room to room, and it works.
2: Right, yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, they talk about that some of the way that even that, you know, the, the fiber optics came to be. is You know, it was a guy working on lasers over here, a guy working on glass over here, and they ran into right. each other, and they're like, hey, you know, we could put those together.
0: Let's be friends, we'll do things together. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, our good friend here, Gib, Gib, Vener. look at this, look at this book. How cool is that? Very minimalist, Darth, uh, you know, Darth Vader's... Uh, Death star here have you been reading anything for pleasure lately
3: yeah um, I just finished uh, on audible uh, as well uh, money a suicide note which is an old book I by s- Martin Amos that I've been meaning to read for ages I think it came out in the mid 80s or so so maybe you've all read it a long time ago but if you haven't go do it uh, and get it on audible uh, because the narration is just amazing and I totally agree with what Sir Jimmy was just saying you get a good narrator boy it just have been a strong book no matter what, um, but the narrator, uh, I was just trying to find his name there, I, I didn't quite find it, but uh, just terrific, and it's the story of uh, uh, an Anglo-American, so I think his one of his parents is American, his white mother is American, He's uh, and his father is English, and he travels between London and New York in the early 80s, um, making some film that never really comes to fruition, and it's just a story of... Uh, excess and wallowing in 1980s style uh <laughs> uh luxury uh and and drowning in it uh and it's just a, a wonderful hilarious uh appalling story of a man committing suicide by ingesting too much money effectively <laughs> um, great great book uh highly recommend that so that's what i just finished up on audible i've actually tried then-
0: that gib uh, i just didn't have enough money so I'm still here, still here.
3: <laughs> yeah, I couldn't quite do it myself, actually, I'm afraid, but it uh, might be fun to try for a while.
2: Yeah, um, but I found the pennies are really hard to pass. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't know. We abolished them in this country. Uh, Paul knows about that. That's right. No more pennies.
2: <laughs> right, last time I was in Vancouver, it threw me for a loop. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then the other thing that I've been reading recently, partly just I felt kind of obliged to do it um, because I have a – blog that accompanies my book where I kind of catalog uh, Star Wars nonsense going on around the world. And so I picked <laughs> up this uh, new uh, William Shakespeare's Star Wars, awesome. which is a retelling of Star Wars in the style of a Shakespeare play, five acts, iambic pentameter, the whole thing, uh, by a fellow named Ian uh, Dosher. I may be mispronouncing his name, but Ian Dosher. And it's now on the New York Times bestseller list. It came out a couple of weeks ago, and you know what? It's really great. It's really uh, well done. And I, uh, if you read my book, you'll see that I uh, was a big Shakespeare fan in in university, and so I read a lot of Shakespeare. And so I went into it thinking, well, I'll try this, but I'm not convinced by it. And it's actually really surprisingly well done. It's fun.
0: And uh, obviously, Gib, I've been reading your book. <laughs> It was a quick read. It is a, a wonderful read, uh, a great meditation on like Star Wars and uh, your your history with Star Wars, your personal history, and it really brought uh, it brought a lot of good memories back to me from my childhood. So why don't you tell us a little bit about a long time ago? Wonderful cover, by the way, of the Death Star. Love that.
3: Thanks. Well, I. It, well, it's just like i say at the start of the book. I was literally changing my son's diaper one day about two years ago. And um, for reasons I won't get into, but you see in the book, I was thinking about Star Wars as I was doing it. And I realized that there's an entire generation of people out there, mostly men, not only men, but I think mostly guys, who are about my age. I turned 40 in March, uh, so in their late 30s, early 40s. Who uh, grew up with Star Wars, and it had such a big impact on us. And, and I had noticed over and over again over the years that I could meet somebody for the first time and hardly know them, um, and somehow Star Wars would come up, and we'd launch into this big conversation and have all these common experiences through the movies, but through the toys and the games and all of the merchandise and the whole, the whole phenomenon. And I thought, well this is a story that I could tell about me, but it wouldn't just be about me. It would be about that whole uh, generation. And so mm-hmm. I got going on it, and um, and sure enough, it's had that effect. I've had all sorts of people uh, contact me or do the, a review of the book on Amazon or whatever, and they say, uh, Gibbs' life wasn't like mine at all. I grew up in a different country, had my own different experiences. My family wasn't like his, whatever. But... Uh, there are profound similarities between everything he went through and everything I went through, because we have the same benchmarks, yeah. you know, 1977, 1980, 1983, and all the things that went along with those kind of mileposts in our childhoods. Um, so I think there's something kind of universal about Star Wars. And I was trying to uh, capture it through a memoir of, of my own life, tell my own story, which isn't in itself terribly interesting to be honest, but then <laughs> refract it through uh Star Wars, and it becomes a little interesting for people who, who experience the way so many of us did.
0: Now, now, reading this brought back to me a memory of uh, playing with uh, the, the action figures in the winter, making big ice castles and snow castles, and then we'd lose like a dozen, a dozen stormtroopers and people, and we wouldn't see them again until the fall or the spring, I should say. It was great. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah I remember uh, visiting my grandparents in Dallas, and for some reason I'd taken a, a Luke Skywalker and Bespin Fatigues and I tied him to a piece of string, and I was flipping him around in the uh, backyard. Of course, it flew off and <laughs> couldn't. Follow- so, <laughs> I My grandparents again, you know, every summer for three or four years after that, and every year I'd go looking in the backyard to see if I couldn't find that damn thing. never did. <laughs>
0: Uh, Glenn, we're going to take a quick break just for uh, so folks at home can uh, get a glass of water and whatnot. We're going to come back with our good friend Joe the Dish Slave. We're going to continue talking about a long time ago, and I'll tell you guys what else I've been listening to, and we'll talk about some book news. We'll be right back, folks. I'm talking about Star Wars with Gib Vennert a long time ago. Look at that. a long time ago. We're gonna restart by talking about all that stuff our moms threw out, Star Wars stuff. What the hell was wrong with mom? I'll start with mine. And this is only a couple years ago, and I'm 40. (laughs) I just gave away my age on the air. I'm 40, but I'll tell you, I had a second Millennium Falcon because a family member bought me a second Millennium Falcon and I had it in my basement for years and years and years, and about three or four years ago, my mom decided to give it to one of our um, cousin's children. And when I realized how much it was worth, because it still had, it was in the package, shrunk wrap. It still had the little uh, orb thing that Luke Skywalker would practice the lightsaber on. Apparently, that thing's worth like $300 in mint condition. The little ball. The whole thing was worth well over $1,000. Called up my cousin said, Look, I'll buy your kid whatever they want. Can I have the Millennium Falcon back? She's like, Nah, the whole thing's fucked already. It's gone. <laughs> it's ruined. We threw it out. He, in a week. Ah. <laughs> anyways so jimmy you have any uh my mom threw out my star wars story <laughs> well uh my
1: parents got divorced and and in my dad gave us uh, a warning about all the stuff that was down in this little room in the basement to come and get it and i thought he was joking and showed up and everything was gone and in my mental inventory i realized i was missing my entire set of Return of the Jedi cards that me and my friends all traded and whatnot to try to get the entire set. But
0: bum, I, I can blame bum, that on them bum, or bum, bum, whoever. Bum. But
1: I did have a full-size at that I uh, just got a wild hair one day and destroyed with some M80s in a blaze of glory. <laughs> and I would do that again because that was awesome.
3: I think you all have to be a little more careful. I was so vigilant with my stuff. It's all sitting in my basement still. And I kind of regret that I didn't let my mother get rid of some of it because now I've got seven <laughs> so, boxes of it or whatever in the in the basement. I'm sure my wife would have been much happier if uh, my mother had uh, turfed it all 25 years ago.
0: So, so, Gibb, what possessed you to write a uh, memoir or a, we'll call it a meditation on your love of Star Wars?
3: I think it was... Right. <laughs> You know, I, really when when I had I've got two kids um, and uh, the first was a girl and she's about five now and and then I had a little boy who's nearly three and after having the girl it, people didn't start showering clothes and toys for her because I think people still think of it as a boys thing mostly. But when we uh, found out we were having a boy then suddenly that started coming, right? <laughs> and, uh, and Star Wars, which is something that I'd you know, mostly left behind, right? I mean, after the disaster of 1999, the movie that shall not be named, after that happened, uh, I kind of gave up and, uh, you know, I just r- tried to forget about um, uh, my former love of Star Wars, but then it started coming back through my son because people start giving me things and my wife suggested that we pull out some of those toys that are in the closet and use them to decorate his room and so on. And it was kind of fun at first, But then I started thinking, okay, well, what kind of childhood do I want this little boy to have? Because I was obsessed with Star Wars, and and maybe a little too obsessed. Like, I kind of wondered whether it was healthy in the long run to be as nuts about anything that I was. So I started thinking, well, uh, is that the kind of childhood I want for Zachary? And um, one thing led to another, and now here I am spending more time thinking about Star Wars now than I have since I was 12 years old, because here I'm trying to flog this book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I love your uh, your your propaganda strategy, because uh, the book starts with your child on the diaper change table looking up at all the Star Wars stuff you've nailed to the ceiling. Brilliant! Love it! Get him young! <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, the poor bastard didn't have a chance. He's just been surrounded <laughs> with it from the very beginning. And now my daughter's bugging me. She wants to see it. She keeps saying, when are we going to watch Star Wars?
0: Awesome. <laughs> soon tell her soon because soon
3: I, I tell her soon and i kind of want to show it to her I'm, uh, but my wife thinks she's too young i saw it when i was four <laughs> and a half but i know <laughs> uh, you know she's there are episodes of my little pony that make my daughter a little scared so she's probably right my wife's probably right that uh seeing uh walrus man lose his arm in the cantina may not be quite right, right for her just yet
0: <laughs> uh well it's been made uh, semi-official now that disney will be releasing shortly on a uh, blu-ray and dvd the original trilogy in as as highest quality as possible in its original format uh, probably before the end of the year for Christmas so I'm really looking forward to that you know, no extra he he won't shoot first, Han shoots first
3: that would be neat, that might actually inspire me to go buy a Blu-ray machine (laughs) I still haven't bothered
0: (laughs) I don't have one either, it's all iTunes and Pirate Bay for me
1: (laughs) (laughs) the new Xbox gonna play Blu-rays
0: Uh, yes it will yeah they're licensing uh, Blu-ray from Sony and it will be in the Xbox One but it does have the mandatory camera on so and Sir Jimmy by the way your trick of putting duct tape on the camera will not work for the Xbox One if the Xbox One camera is obstructed it basically says on the screen camera obstructed Xbox not working so you and I are getting PS3's or 4's aren't we yeah that's (laughs) for sure Uh, Star Wars a lot of fun Uh, I love the book check it out folks a long time ago we'll put the link up on your screen it'll be right here somewhere and Gib will you stick around and talk some books for a little while delighted fantastic Uh, I'm going to finish off saying what else I was reading other than Gib's fine book a quick read a great meditation on Star Wars Um, also let me unlock my phone here because it was on audible and you know you guys know me I need a reminder it was uh, Harvest of Time by Alistair Reynolds. A almost 12-hour audio on uh, Audible.com that I got with my credit. It is a Doctor Who story, third Doctor, narrated by Jeffrey Beavers, and at, in a, clocking in at 12 hours, uh, it's almost like I spent a whole entire new series with one of my favorite Doctors, the third one from the 1960s and 70s. Uh, lots of fun. Check it out. Uh, it involves the master. You've got... Uh, all kinds of craziness. Doctor Who craziness in there. And it. And I want to remind folks, if you're an Audible subscriber, if you get a gold or platinum account, you also get the Wall Street Journal every morning. About five in the morning, you can go into your Audible account, look up the Wall Street Journal, and some guy reads the Wall Street Journal to you. It's awesome. saying. Don't forget to go to audibletrial.com slash guys if you haven't tried it out yet. It's a great way to get an extra book in while you're mowing the lawn or uh, shaving the dog.
3: I do so much more reading now since i joined audible i've been on it for a couple of years and it's exactly like you say mowing the lawn commuting to work whatever
0: shaving it's the great. cat yeah
3: <laughs> yeah uh,
0: i shave the cat more often now that i have audible
3: paint the chickens
0: <laughs> painting the chickens sure <laughs> uh That's guys we we're gonna we're gonna talk about a little bit of book news because uh well let's do comic books why not comic books comic books comic books this is a book I show without show prep. So uh, comic books, big news today. Huge breaking freaking news. We have word from uh, the nice folks at DC and Warner Brothers and Snyder family and all those people. Man of Steel 2, the sequel to Man of Steel. Working title is now officially Superman versus Batman. That's going to be fun. And Sir Jimmy... It's going to be a Superman movie with Batman figures. But I'm pretty sure I owe you 20 bucks, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm still waiting <laughs> on that. I keep checking the, uh, the Purolator, but but uh I think I'm going to PayPal it to you.
0: I'll PayPal it to you. 20 US, buddy. 20 US. It's Damn all right. It. Damn it.
1: You want du- to double down?
0: No. No, I'm out. I'm done. I'm smart done. Smart
1: man, smart man.
0: Not spending any more super money. But Superman vs. Batman, I think, is going to make a lot of money. Great idea. Superman, Batman. And they said that they're going to call it Superman vs. Batman because people don't know what World's Finest means, especially folks who don't read comics, so they're going to call it Superman, Batman. But I'm wondering, what the hell are they going to call Justice League? Are they going to call it Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern and, you know? Super Friends. Everybody knows Super (laughs) Friends. (laughs) That's true. true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice...
0: So there's a bunch of book news this week. We're not doing book news. It'll be on the website. And folks, I'm going to ask you folks at home, because I've, I've already asked our hosts, thinking of getting rid of the book news from the show and putting it on the website so you can get it as it happens and just spending our time on the show actually having a conversation like this instead and discussing the book news, having a conversation about it, but not doing that whole uh, rapid-fire book news anymore, just to keep the shows more timely. Let us know what you think. Newsroom at me.com. Or go on the tweeters, Paul the book guy, free hollow books, what's Craig, Craig Damlo, what are you on the tweeters?
2: Uh, Craig D, at Craig D.
0: At Craig D, get us on the tweeter, let us know what you think, would you rather just have conversation and author interviews and then put the book news back on the site because we used to be kind of like the gizmodo of book news and now we're not, so the site's kind of lost a lot of the, you know, viewers, I'm kind of pushing this here because I really want to do this, but let us know what you think. Newsroomatme.com, paulthebookguideme.com I put my email address on the website all the time on the internet. Uh, but we have some more book news. We have uh, first rule of Fight Club is about to be broken. A sequel to Fight Club as a comic book? What, sir Jimmy? What do you think?
1: Hey, I've seen the Fight Club at the movie theater more than any movie ever. I'm pretty sure I went seven times to see it. <laughs> and somebody's telling me, did you see Tyler Durden in the background with it? And I'm like, oh my gosh, so I had to go watch it two more times, I was counting them all. Fantastic movie, loved it. And the fact that it's going to be coming out in a graphic novel form makes me just want to p- pick up my first graphic novel ever.
2: Well, it, it can't be a sequel to the movie, because uh, the movie and the book end completely differently. Yes. So yes. It, it has to be a sequel, and and the description is is exactly that that it's a it's a, clearly a sequel to the book because the you know he's in this suburban hell with his uh, middle aged wife and everything.
1: See, I never read the book. Now, what what's different about that? Can we? Is it too late to spoil that? do no, like Let's do it. Right?
0: Spoiler alert.
1: <laughs> spoiler alert. Out. Well, I just
2: I just read it a couple months ago for the first time, and the the big difference is the buildings don't get destroyed. Uh, the narrator actually stops Tyler Durden and ends up in an insane asylum.
0: Oh,
1: okay. I'm pretty Slightly sure that, different. that Fight Club the movie. I'm pretty sure that was predicting
0: 9/11. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I mean the 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 ending of that is just like. We're just gonna erase everything everybody goes back to zero just... I don't know call me crazy
0: I, I always call you crazy uh, and in in this very shortened middle of the summer break episode I'm gonna leave the open table now if you guys want to discuss any book news uh, Gib do you have anything you want to talk about
3: well I was just thinking that one day someone is bound to make a movie about a character that no one's ever heard of before maybe a few characters no one's ever heard of before and it won't be a prequel or a sequel of anything
0: (laughs) imagine that
3: do you think that could ever happen
0: (laughs) not in the movies i mean i know it sounds kind of outlandish (laughs) not in the movies no no i mean next year we got like 30 upcoming sequels and prequels yeah you're right time for something fresh on the screen hollywood has to grow some balls and get some great books out there and, and try something new
3: well it's a bit exhausting i find i don't know i mean not only is everything sequels and prequels, but then you go see them and they seem to be the same thing over and yes. over again, which maybe you shouldn't be surprised because <laughs> that's what you're paying for, right?
0: But and then the you have, uh, with such a homogenization keeps... of, of Hollywood, they've toned down everything. Everything has to be PG or family-friendly. Uh, just recently, uh, yesterday, breaking news, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen abandoned the uh, Freddie Mercury biopic uh, movie because... The band members of Queen, of course, working with the, you know, the producers want to produce this PG family rated movie, kind of like Sid and Nancy. (laughs) When how in the hell can you make a movie about Freddie Mercury? This man, this man used to have midgets with mirrors strapped to their heads at his parties so people could snort cocaine off the midgets freaking heads. And this is in the middle of like a big gay orgy. How in the hell can you make a family-friendly movie of this? So, Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, after learning, how, and we're told that singing pretty damn close to what Freddie Mercury was doing, after taking all that voice training, looking like him spot on, and, uh, I mean, when I first heard about this, I thought, this could be Sasha Baron Cohen's only chance ever an Oscar. He will nail this. This is going to be great. I'm going to buy three tickets in case I lose lose two. And he abandoned it because he said they're trying to make this a G, uh, a G movie. And I think uh, Hollywood has to really, like, loosen up, Hollywood. Come on, have a drink. Loosen up. Try something new. Try maybe an R-rated. Try, a, you know, a, something new, interesting. Not a Yeah, like you're saying, not a freaking sequel. I remember when Dread came out, the thing, or when they were making
4: Dread, the thing that I said right away that this movie was going to be good is Carl Urban said the helmet's not coming off, and they're making a hard R movie. And that you knew right there, that's how they get it. You're not going to make a movie about somebody like Freddie Mercury and not have something that all families aren't going to turn away from. I mean, that's, to me, seems to be dishonest about the man's life. Why do the movie? If okay. you're going to do that, then call the people in it something else and call it, you know, it's, it's not a queen biopic Then I'm sorry. You can't just right. erase everything. I know this is very American, but you can't just erase all the grit and pretend everything is spot shiny.
0: You can't make a wholesome movie about an unwholesome man. Don't get me wrong. What a talent. The best front man in rock and roll history, but not a wholesome man. That's all I'm saying. But you like, like the old movie uh Sid and Nancy where no cocaine was snorted and no one got stabbed. Hello, that is not the freaking sex pistols. You
2: know <laughs> It's the MPAA, that's what we have to abolish. Get rid of that yeah. and let the you know Yes, maybe some movie producers could say, "Hey, this, we're going aid, to aid, age range this, you know, somewhere." But I mean the, 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 what becomes an R movie and what's a PG-13 movie is so arbitrary and dumb anyways. I mean that's actually the one question I ask about Sasser Barrett and Cohen on this is they said they're going to make it a PG-13 movie. What does that mean? He can't. And he's abandoning
0: a project based on that because nobody knows how they're going to rate it. Right. Well, the, the problem here is that uh, the, the band members of Queen had a big say in it. And without them, no Queen music. I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen can go and make his own movie right now, but they won't be able to sing in it, which kind of ruins the whole thing. So, Gib, uh, how's the summer going in Vancouver?
3: Pretty nice, can't complain, you know, good weather. And I, I did a really fun thing uh, a week ago, sorry to keep bringing it back to Star Wars, but a week ago there's a there's a painter uh, in the valley here in Chilliwack, which is, you wouldn't know where that is maybe, but it's not very far from Vancouver. And there's a, a really well-known Canadian oil painter uh, who has done all sorts of interesting uh, work. And he uh, just opened an exhibit that is 14 um, giant uh, uh, portrait style paintings from uh, Star Wars awesome. uh, seen through the eyes of Darth Vader. He tried to imagine the Star Wars story through Darth Vader's eyes. And so you're going to this art gallery and there's you know classical music playing and we're all sipping uh, wine and, and looking at all these enormous canvases of uh, RTD2 and so on. It was really bizarre mm-hmm. and fun. Really well done. Uh, so that's kind of been the, uh, one of the little highlights of my summer so far.
0: And Craig, His name's
3: Chris Woods, by the way, and I totally recommend oh, Chris that Woods, you nice. uh, check it out. The exhibit's called Sandstorm, and you can just Google around for Sandstorm Chris Woods, and you'll find it for sure. And if you happen to be in Abbotsford, British Columbia, in the next uh, two months or so, well, go by.
0: Well, uh, Craig might. He's in a different spot every time we talk to him. Yeah, the air show's coming up in a couple of weeks in Abbotsford too, so it could be. If you're any
2: airplane geeks, going to be in the area for the air show? Maybe a TIE fighter exactly. or something.
3: There you go. The two things you can do in Abbotsford. (laughs) You're going to be at Huntington, or
1: what is that? Uh, I'm sitting here looking at it now. They do have an airport. Wow. (laughs) You can fly right in. Uh, Yeah, they're trying to do air shows without airports. They usually don't end well. Abbotsford International looks like they have
3: (laughs) two runways. Nice.
1: One more than uh, Buffalo.
3: I know. (laughs) Well, hopefully, Chris's show will tour one of these days, but uh, I don't know. In the meantime, head to Abbotsford.
0: And Joe, I know you're on standby for emergency broadcast system, which we're going to record shortly. Because we never take a break from that show. No. <laughs> uh, Joe, it's anything test. before we go, Joe? Anything on your plate? Anything that you've read lately you want to talk about before we go? Um. What did I just finish? I
4: just finished actually it's not a new book by any stretch, but uh, I, I read the the prequel book to the Deus Ex Human Revolution game Which was it was okay. It was it was sort of by the numbers I have to say, but it was a nice lead into the mobile game that just came out So I'm kind of glad I read it and now. I'm rereading Snow Crash so that also not a new uh, new book by any stretch, but man I just love diving back into Snow Crash. It's such a great book to reread. I don't care that I know almost every word in it. It's just such a good book.
0: I'm gonna wear my coast. I've Mostra heard you talk about outfit. Snow
1: Crash, like with your podcast, the Ozo Nightmare, and between us talking on, you know, EBS and on this show now, and Paul has talked about Snow Crash ever since I've known him. You, you think i ought to pick this up? Maybe.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very. It covers a lot of ground, I have to say, because people look at it and they say, Oh, it's a cyberpunk, not going to like it, but really it you know, and Neil Stevenson's writing style has changed, and he's it's it's a lot well for me anyway, I find his stuff heavier to read now, but this is one of those books where you're twenty percent in in no time, yeah. and it's really accessible, I think, to anybody. It's just a really well done layered story. The characters are all. Great you know, yeah. They all stand out. They're all unique. I-, I got nothing bad to say about it to anybody who enjoys books of any kind. I really can't say enough good stuff yeah, about if it.
0: If you want to dive into Neil Stevenson, you definitely want to check out Snow Crash. It stands alone. It's uh, very accessible. You get into it. Don't start with the Baroque cycle. Don't, <laughs> no. You know, don't start with those five, you know, 50-hour audios. or They're books that you can literally use as deadly weapons. They're like 30 pounds each. I would start with Snow Crash. Lots of fun. Uh, I am also starting, just into it, Pat Flewelling's The Fog of Dockside City, which I had. I went into it, like, I don't even read the back of books, usually. I just dive in. I knew it was Pat's book. I knew it was going to be awesome. I didn't know it was a period piece. This is awesome. We're talking, like, fedoras and stuff. Great. I'll bring that to the, uh, to the, I'll bring that to the table next week. The Fog of Dockside City, The Obliteration Machine. Sounds like a Doctor Who episode, the obliteration machine. We will destroy you. Lots of fun. And believe it or not, Gib, when it's all said and done, this becomes an episode.
2: <laughs>
0: it's all in how you cook it, right? It's like, well, you know when you were a kid, you looked in, the mo- in your mom's fridge, and you saw all this crap there, and there's no food. And then she somehow mixed it all magically together into a very tasty dinner. That's what we do here at Book Guys Show, so... By sometime tomorrow, this will be an episode.
3: (laughs) I look forward to it.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, Gib.
3: Well, thank you for having me. Thanks, guys.
0: Stay tuned, Joe. Craig, you rock. Sir Jimmy. Folks, we're going to see you in in a couple weeks after summer break on the same book time and the same book channel. Bye, everybody. Wave bye to nice folks at home. See you later.
3: Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Book Guys show will return next week. Same book time, same book channel.
0: Yeah, somehow that becomes an episode.